Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network, a geek therapy we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the media we care about. And in 2021, we're celebrating our 10th anniversary. My name is Josue Cardona, and in this episode, I'm going to discuss how the trademark situation affects our entire community, not just me and geek therapy as an organization. This is why I usually refer to this as a situation and not just a legal case. If this is your first time hearing about any of this, here's a very, very quick recap. We, Geek Therapy, have existed since 2011. In 2019, a psychologist named Anthony Bean, out of nowhere, started using the term Geek Therapy to publicly sell books and workshops and later began operating under the name Geek Therapy Training. Over a year later, we're still in a legal proceeding before the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, or PTO, over the federal registration of our trademark. No decisions or deals have been made, and our official position is that Bean continues to commit copyright and trademark infringement through his use of our mark, Geek Therapy, and related terms. On the last episode, I explained that Bean's lawyer informed us that if the PTO were to rule in Geek Therapy's favor, Bean would disregard a decision and continue to use our trademark anyway, which would require a different and separate course of legal action on our behalf to make him stop. For more details, listen to episode 195 for a statement I made early on in May 2019, and um, episode 281, which addresses everything else that happened through 2019 and 2020. Each episode has links to documents and other information as well. I wasn't planning on recording another episode so soon, but Ali Matu listened to the previous episode and made a really good point about how it updates everyone on the latest with the case, but doesn't tell any of you who may be unaware of everything that happened, how it affects you and why you should care. I think no one else will have the same experience as me throughout this. For example, I I served as our lawyer for nine months and I'm being deposed by Bean's lawyer in a couple of days. So I understand why you might think the trademark doesn't affect you personally, but I'm going to take this time to show you how the situation affects all of us in the community one way or another, whether we realize it or not. In a previous episode we titled The Community, I read a definition that goes, A community is a group of individuals who share a mutual concern for one another's welfare. I love that definition, and I think it represents us really well. I'll read it again. A community is a group of individuals who share a mutual concern for one another's welfare. This situation is not representative of that idea. So I'm going to describe different ways in which, if you're listening to this, it might be affecting you now or may affect you in the future. Okay, let's get right into it. Some of you have asked me, is someone going to come after me? Or are you or Bean going to sue me or send me a cease and desist letter? Well, there are a few ways to answer that. Uh, First, and this is just general advice, if you're using someone's copyrighted material or their trademark, assume that at some point the original author or owner is going to find out and will contact you. They may not, but it's always possible. If it's plagiarism or just using someone else's mark as your own, expect a cease and desist. If you accidentally made something very similar, still expect a cease and desist. Now, will Bean come after you? I can't speak for him, but my guess is that the answer is yes and no, but mostly yes, based on his actions so far. If he's trying to make us stop, he'll definitely come after you. We've been around for 10 years and he knows me, so just assume he'd come after you too. Although, he won't come after you if you pay him. He currently offers ways for you to buy certain rights uh, from him, although uh, it, it seems you, you have to renew them every couple of years, and I assume you'll have to pay him again at that point, but uh, you'll have to ask him. Now, will we come after you? 
Maybe. Uh, Bean is not the only person we've talked to about trademark infringement, and he's not the only one to receive a cease and desist from us. The reason Bean got a cease and desist is because he wanted to make money off the term geek therapy in a way that confuses and deceives people. I'm not a lawyer, so please keep that in mind while I try to explain a few things. Uh, We spent 10 years popularizing the term geek therapy so that it means something. After we presented Geek Therapy at San Diego Comic-Con in 2013, we received coverage and people wrote about Geek Therapy referring to that panel. Uh, Laura Taylor and Janina Scarlett both blogged about their experience at that panel. And when they said Geek Therapy, they were talking about us and what we were talking about. So over the years, when people have asked me if they can use the term Geek Therapy, and I've said yes, it's because there is an understanding that when they say Geek Therapy, we agree on the ideas they're talking about. And they will tell people about us, which will help people find us. Those conversations always went well. There were opportunities to talk about how what we did was similar or different and how it would or wouldn't benefit both of us. It even led to collaborations and new projects. Until being in 2019, these were always good interactions and helped the community grow. So I invite you to reach out to us, like many people have over the years, if you have any questions. The way trademark laws are written in the United States requires that the trademark owners enforce their trademarks. A lawyer once told me that sending a cease and desist should be automatic and not require much thought. Again, the way the laws are written, you have to protect your trademark or someone can claim that you didn't protect it and try to take it. I believe this is actually one of the many tactics Bean has tried to use against us. So again, in general, it's very possible that someone someday will come after you for infringement. It happens all the time. If you are aware of someone else using a mark you want to use, I think your best bet is to talk about it with them. And in case you're wondering, just changing your name a little isn't enough. Because in trademark law, the idea of likelihood of confusion, as defined by the PTO, states that the issue is not whether the respective marks themselves or the goods or services offered under the marks are likely to be confused, but rather whether there is a likelihood of confusion as to the source or sponsorship of the goods or services. As I mentioned in the last episode, Bean rebranded from Geek Therapy Training to Geek Therapeutics a few months ago. I guess hoping that people would not confuse us after that. I've already said we consider that infringement also. But I guess he was so confident that it wasn't that he filed for a trademark registration for Geek Therapeutics with the PTO. And just a few days after the last episode, so about a week ago, the PTO rejected his attempt, stating that depending on what happens with this case, there would be a likelihood of confusion with the registered marks. So don't do that. Don't just use a very similar sounding name. Again, it'll be confusing to people and won't actually benefit you or anyone in the end. But there's another piece to this, which is the term geek therapist. This affects all of us who identify as geek therapists, either after learning from one of our workshops or from our content or simply identifying with what geek therapy is about. On a blog post I published in June 2019 titled, Are You a Geek Therapist? I explained that out of the gate, Bean filed for trademarks in three different categories. One of them is for the term geek therapist as a certification mark. In his filing, he wrote that the mark certifies or is intended to certify that the services are slash will be provided by a person who has completed and satisfied the educational requirements of a formal training program in psychological techniques and knowledge to improve the mental health of others. In other words, according to Bean, the title geek therapist can only be used by someone who completes his training. It is a credential that represents the completion of what he's selling. This is why one of our network partners, Cat LaForgia, 
went on Instagram after listening to the last episode to talk about how it feels to know that someone wants to tell her that she can't call herself a geek therapist anymore. She later told me that she's been dealing with a lot of imposter syndrome lately, and she hates the idea of someone telling her that she's not a real geek therapist all of a sudden. Bean never considered how Kat and many of us would feel about this. How could he? He never bothered to ask. In Kat's case, she's been a mental health professional since 2010, and she reached out to me back in 2015 because she listened to this podcast. So four or five years after she started calling herself a geek therapist, Bean wants her to stop doing that and pay him if she wants to use it again professionally. I've been told that this is already happening, that he's told people that they can't refer to themselves with certain titles without his training. Uh, and an old version of his website where he listed himself as a level three certified geek therapist um, reflected the language of the certification mark about how the title is limited to mental health professionals. But now it lists that certified geek therapists can be physicians, speech pathologists, professional coaches, and even occupational therapists. I want to emphasize uh, occupational therapists because in that blog post I mentioned before, I told the story of Diana, an occupational therapist I met when I was invited to teach geek therapy to psychologists in the country of Colombia in 2014. She also asked me if Bean was going to come after her, even though she lives in another country. Again, this stuff is confusing. Uh, she was furious and talked about it on social media and even posted pictures of herself in one of our Geek Therapist t-shirts in response. I'll never forget that Diana was the first person who wasn't a mental health clinician to tell me they wanted to sign up for one of our workshops. This changed my perspective on, on who I was teaching and how many people could, could benefit from learning Geek Therapy. And since Bean seems to be copying everything we do, he's now not just willing to certify non-mental health professionals as Geek Therapists, he also has a certification for anyone who doesn't meet his criteria of professional, called a Certified Geek Specialist, which, as I was preparing for this episode, I discovered he also tried the trademark, but the PTO rejected that because of the pending case. I bring this up because he's coming after people's professional identities after the fact. He wants us to stop referring to ourselves by an identity that predates his credentials. Again, if he wants me to never refer to myself as a geek therapist, which was part of my personal and professional brand for years, it's how I've been referred to in many publications, and being even interacted with me on Twitter when I was at Geek Therapist, then yeah, he'll probably come after you too. Like I said before, trademark law requires this kind of thing, so it's not surprising that he's coming after people, telling them to stop unless they pay him for a certification, if he wants to assert ownership over the title. To be clear, I don't care that he started a certification program and is charging $400 for credentials. I care that he has the audacity to call them geek therapy certification programs. I have nothing against certification programs and credentials. I'm proud of my certification in rational emotive behavior therapy that I obtained at the Albert Ellis Institute. I talk about it all the time. And I own a business that is approved by the Association of Play Therapy to provide continuing education credits for people seeking a registered play therapist credential. Look, I'll take it one step further. I'm an asshole when it comes to theoretical orientation. I take this stuff very, very seriously, and I'm kind of judgy about it. If you tell me you're eclectic, I want to see your multiple certifications. I ask people about the theoretical orientations, and I don't believe you should practice independently without supervision if you can't conceptualize a case within a specific theoretical framework. I bet Bean probably shares my opinion, and I believe it may be his number one motivation behind the entire trademark situation. He believes he's doing the right thing by somehow legitimizing a form of geek culture practice that allegedly wasn't legitimate before, but by calling his certification geek therapy, I believe it harms the very people he's trying to help. First of all, it's divisive. It literally creates two groups of people. I've told thousands of people that you don't need a certification to practice geek therapy. 
Now he's telling people that they do need a certification, specifically his. Some people will assume that if there is a certification, anyone who isn't certified isn't a real geek therapist. But others will assume that if you are certified, you aren't a real geek therapist. Why? Because that's what I'm going to tell them. It's what I've been telling people for a year now. That's literally what I'm doing right now. I'm saying that if you paid for Bean's credential, you got scammed and bought a knockoff. This creates another level of division because I know it sounds like I'm saying that what you learned is worthless. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that what you bought from Bean isn't geek therapy. So maybe you took an amazing workshop from his company about video games and therapy as part of your credential. You learned a lot. It's helped your clients. That's great. But the moment you show a credential you got from Bean, I've already discredited you. I don't want to discredit or invalidate anyone else's work or knowledge, but I also can't call it geek therapy. So there are two groups out here telling their audiences that some people are legit, but others aren't. This is happening and it can have serious consequences. Now, I want to stop for a second here and acknowledge something. I think this whole situation is kind of ridiculous, and I find it embarrassing that adults and mental health professionals have created this situation. I can imagine people listening to what I just said. It can have serious consequences, and rolling their eyes at how ridiculous this sounds. It reminds me of Cobra Kai. I'm I'm late to the party. I just watched the first two seasons, and I love the show so far. And I love that the show is self-aware of how ridiculous the drama is between the protagonists and and their dojos. At one point, someone says, oh, now I have to worry about karate gangs at schools? It's, It's great. The show is great. But by the end of season two, people end up in the hospital. So yeah, I think it sounds ridiculous sometimes. And maybe what I've talked about so far doesn't seem like it's all that serious or it doesn't affect you. But bear with me. I thought I was handling the situation, you know, doing it through courts and that by now it would have just gone away. But instead, I've been roped into responding to things like, can I trust this person? That can affect people's livelihoods. Let me explain. Our community is built on collaboration. Everything from inviting each other onto panels so we can present together big events, promoting each other's work to reporters, working on books together, you know, things that can make a big impact on your career and allow for new opportunities and networking. For example, Janina Scarlett got us into an article in The Atlantic in 2019. If you think you'll never be in a position like that, trust me that Janina and I had no idea we'd be quoted in The Atlantic in 2019 when we met at Comic-Con six years earlier. The only reason that reporters cared or even knew about us is in large part because we've helped each other out. And I have tons of examples like that. Just last week, when a reporter reached out to me for a story, I returned the favor again and told them to talk to Janina. You know what else happened? I told them the bean was infringing on our trademark and that there was a case before the PTO. The reporter said she saw that there was another group, did some digging, and realized we were the real ones. This is what I mean. These are real-world consequences that affect the reputations and livelihoods of real people. I won't even go into how this affects his business and us as a nonprofit, but just think about how it could potentially affect your business, career, or reputation. I have no idea how many opportunities people are being excluded from because of their affiliation to one of us. Now, there are many of us in mental health, but those of us who use geek and pop culture are a much smaller group. Within that group, very few of us are authors, make appearances at national conventions, or get any sort of media attention. Bean is a part of that very small group, which means that he's a leader and people will follow him. We both have enough clout within our professional circles to do good things and also do real damage. So depending on who we talk to, we may affect people's livelihoods. And if we have any sort of influence, the examples we set are also important. 
I'm very worried about how damaging it is to our profession, that Bean was never willing to sit down and have a conversation so we could avoid anyone getting harmed. And I'm worried that people will see what he's doing and think this is how you handle a situation in which you disagree with colleagues or how you try to change something you don't like. (sighs) Something that really, really upset me was when I saw on a version of his website that he was talking about the geek therapy community. Because his actions go against everything we're about. I wish he would stop trying to make it seem like he has any connection with us. Sure, at one point he was in the outer rings of the GT community, but that changed a long time ago. The definition of community I mentioned before came from a book called The Art of Community by Charles Vogel, in which he says that healthy communities have shared values, membership identity, moral prescriptions, and insider understanding. Bean has violated all of these and instead attacked our community with his actions. The geek therapist certification, the court case, how he's treating people, and his disregard for everyone else involved besides himself, I believe show contempt for who we are. So I can't wait for this end so no one else confuses him for us and vice versa, so no one else gets hurt. When I say this is ridiculous and embarrassing, it's because the last 10 years have been full of experiences that made me think that no one would ever do the things Bean is doing. For example, let's start with attribution. I can't believe that one of Bean's arguments is that not only do we not matter, but that if we do, our contributions weren't significant. He barely acknowledges that we existed, let alone that we're a part of a group of people who open doors within the world of combining geek culture and mental health practice. When I talk about the origins of geek therapy, I talk about who inspired me, whose work I read. I mention Robin Rosenberg, Lawrence Rubin, Jay McGonigal. I talk about the books Real Therapy, real as in film real, like R-E-E-L, and another book called Rent Two Films and Let's Talk in the Morning. I've never even been in touch with the authors of the film books. I think I met Robin Rosenberg once at a convention, but I still give them credit. And I've been fortunate enough to get to know Larry Rubin and Jay McGonigal and be a part of the follow-ups to the books that first inspired me. Patrick O'Connor and I are very good friends, and we joke about how formal I was when I, when I first reached out to him. I will never deny that his Comicspedia model was a huge inspiration for me to do my own thing, and that his Comicspedia database inspired the Geek Therapy Library. Patrick and I have been talking about Geek Therapy for years. A lot. He's an integral part of our history, and without him, we would never have gone to San Diego Comic-Con and Colombia so many years ago. But even though we're friends, we don't agree on a lot of things. And that's good. It helps us both grow and define our own ideas. I mentioned Janina Scarlett before. She once asked me to participate in a book of hers, and I turned her down because she was writing from an acceptance and commitment therapy perspective, and I'm trained in REBT. We're still friends and still promote each other's ideas, even if they're different. Actually, I remember when I was training in REBT hearing the students of Albert Ellis clearly articulating how different REBT was from other forms of CBT. And I'm not an expert in the history of CBT, but Aaron Beck and Albert Ellis are credited with founding CBT, yet neither of them called their model CBT. One is cognitive therapy, the other is rational emotive behavior therapy. And after them are multiple waves of CBT, but everyone acknowledges what came before them and how what they're doing is different. I see this happening now among the different applied tabletop RPG practitioners. I know for a fact that they don't all agree with each other on many things. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure they don't even agree on calling the umbrella their models fall under as applied tabletop RPG. And yet, they talk all the time, and they have these discussions, and they lift each other up instead of tearing each other down. They acknowledge each other's contributions and look at the bigger picture. They're still figuring it out, sure, but those things take time. I think they've never had a problem like Bean. Sure. Every now and then, someone comes along and, similar to Bean, discovers that other people do something similar. But then everyone talks, and they all learn from each other. 
I remember a few years ago at the first PAX Unplugged, when a group of us who all had panels were hanging out at a bar, and the predictable topics of certifications, associations, and branding came up. Me and Steve Kuniak sat at the end of the table making jokes about how that was us six or seven years before. We tried telling them all what we had learned along the way, but they were too excited to listen, and we understood because we had been there. I think it's inherent in mental health to repeat the same cycles. I mean, even some of Freud's students branched off and did their own things. But it seems that Bean doesn't understand the history of our own field and never bothered to talk to anyone else either. One of the funniest things I saw him write about the situation was when he called me a bully. I've mentioned it before, but here's, a, here's the comment in context. He wrote, Several colleagues and I are in the process of developing standards for use of that designation and others. I recently filed for a trademark for geek therapy for the purpose of ensuring that it is available for use by all qualified, licensed therapists and to protect us from Mr. Cardona's bullying. That first part about him and several colleagues defining what geek therapy is, that's the funny part. Bean wasn't at that table with me and Steve in Philly. And then was he at our booth at New York Comic Con where we spent the weekend with Ali Matu and Travis Langley and pitched each other's work to everyone that walked by. And he definitely wasn't involved in our long talks dating back to 2011. He was never involved in any of the conversations I had with Patrick or Lara or so many other people who had already done what Bean said he was going to do in 2019. Had Bean come forward with a collaborative mindset instead of a tribal or divisive one, maybe we could have learned from each other, come up with something new, or decided we had very different ideas and found ways to push each other's ideas forward. I can't see that happening now, not with Bean, but the rest of us will keep working together. I'm very excited about the people I see in our community and the ideas they have. I've been thinking about how Kat LaForger reached out about how I should talk more about family dynamics. So I told her to do it. Eventually, that led to the Geek Family Therapy podcast, and she's working on her PhD now. And I wouldn't be surprised if eventually GFT becomes its own thing, a new model. Maybe I can be a part of that, or maybe a new generation will work with her on that. Either way, Geek Therapy, me and the community will support her. That's what we do. All right, that, that's, that's everything I have to say. So I hope this helps illustrate the effects of the trademark situation on all of us, regardless of where you see yourself in the geek therapy community or the broader community of geeky helping professionals. I'm sorry that I wasn't able to make this go away sooner and that many of you have been or will be affected. I'm still working on it, but I can't do it alone. So if you want to help, here are a few things you can do. If Bean has come after you, tell us about it. Send your story to tm at geektherapy.com or tell us anonymously at geektherapy.com slash tm. Uh, you can also use those addresses for anything related to the trademark situation. We'll collect that information, not just for a legal case, but to learn about what other damage has been done and see if we can do anything to help. You can share this episode and the previous one along with the written versions, which I'm still working on, uh, with anyone you think could be affected. These are public statements and you can absolutely share them. And if you want another format to share just let us know. Um, so if you want an Instagram story, a TikTok video, YouTube version, shareable clips from the podcast, let us know. We'll make it happen. Finally, we ask that you consider that definition of community that I mentioned before. A group of individuals who share mutual concern for one another's welfare. And if you agree, then keep inviting people to learn more about our community. We're all learning from each other and helping each other out. That will never change. And it only gets easier and better when there's more of us. So that's it for this episode. I know I said the last episode was the end of season six, but I guess this is. Um, we'll be back in a few weeks with season seven. I think. I'm almost sure this time. For more Geek Therapy, visit geektherapy.com and be sure to visit our community spaces like the Geek Therapy community group on Facebook and the Geek Therapy Discord. Or follow us on social media at Geek Therapy. 
I'm also Cardona. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to geek out and do good, and we'll be back very soon.